This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Coming to you from the crossroads of industry knowledge and business innovation, this is the Weekly Blitz, hosted by me, Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Co. The Weekly Blitz is the show that supercharges your auto repair business knowledge, helping you navigate the labyrinth of the automotive world, giving you the tools and the tips you need to steer your business to success. Each week, we deliver an episode jam-packed with insider know-how, industry developments, practical business strategies, and surprising things you didn't know you didn't know. The Weekly Blitz is brought to you by my great friends, Brian and Kim Walker over at Shop Marketing Pro. If you want to take your shop to the next level, you need great marketing. Their work looks professional and gets results because let's face it, this is an amateur hour, folks. Stop trusting the livelihood of your family and your employees to marketing amateurs and start with the true professionals in the industry. Shop Marketing Pros does top tier marketing for top tier shops. Learn more at shopmarketingpros.com forward slash Chris. So, hey, everybody, I've got Coach Mike with us here today. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but my schedule's been crazy and his schedule's always crazy. So we were able to get together. So today we're going to continue talking about um, some of our case studies. And Coach Mike wanted to talk about one of his shops that he has. Now, this shop, without saying the name, is in Louisiana, a couple of hours from New Orleans. And so we're going to kind of get into it. And, and just start talking about it. So first off, Mike, how are things going? And can you tell us just a little bit about the shop and kind of, kind of where you started with that? Yeah, things are going really good. Definitely. They've had the best two months in a row uh, they've ever had since they've been in business and they've been in business for 50 years. Legacy shop, multiple family members take it over. It's, it's been there a long time and there's been some comfort things that they've had to get out of the habits of bad habits, things that developed over this long period of time. But yeah, definitely things are going on the up and up for sure. When we first started um, emailing back and forth about this, one of the bullet points you wanted me to bring up was the ethical versus non-ethical selling strategy. So can you go into that a little bit deeper? Yeah, sure. A, A lot of times when we talk to a shop and we start talking about things like DVIs and what we're looking for, right? One of the big things that I think a lot of clients have a trouble with is, okay, well, is this ethical? Is this non-ethical? Well, we can make it very ethical and very fact-based. And that's one of my favorite things I like to do. Like with my clients, whether it be we're looking at brake fluid or we're selling maintenance items and stuff like coolant flushes or air filters or anything like that is I like to be a shop that does everything fact-based. We take pictures of the air filter. We test the battery with cold cranking amps and we give them the results of that. We're going to test the brake fluid, test the coolant. We're doing all these things so that there is no ethical question, right? We've performed the test on all these different items. When we do a brake check, we're doing a millimeter check, the green, yellow, red. They measure the pad depth and everything like that. I say with the tires, we're going to do a tread depth analyzation. And then we're going to look at how they're wearing and the wear patterns and be able to take pictures of this kind of stuff. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's selling service work. It's very ethical. It's ethical if we're doing it in a manner where we're selling it in a fact-based manner, like, by testing the fluids and really informing our clients of what the issues are and how these things are on their vehicle. I had this conversation today with a client. Um, his service advisor and the technician almost came to blows out in the shop over whether a tire was repairable or unrepairable or not. And so as I'm talking to the client about this, he's he's working through it and he goes, 
He goes, but in the end, it didn't matter because the person had ran it flat for five miles and it was full of crumb rubber. So all of the other stuff wasn't in there, but they had this great philosophical debate over whether the nail was in a repairable or non-repairable spot. So I say all that to say this, I think as shop owners and professionals in the industry, we all need to have, like just for tires, for instance, when do we recommend it? Half the guys recommended it at 230 seconds, half the guys recommended it at four. What is our guidelines and what we believe ethically to be able to sell that? So I think that's a great point you brought up. Thanks for doing that. So the other thing you didn't have on this list, but I know obviously the background on this one a little bit. This shop has a lot of family members in the shop working. How is that working with that? It's fun. I'd say uh, it's definitely has its challenges. My background, this is a family business as well. I took over my family's business and I've had to deal with some of that kind of stuff too. But when you're dealing with those things, I think all you can do, whether it be family members or long-term employees, is be as honest and upfront with them as you can be and tell them what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. And I think if you're talking to an employee and we're, we're, we've are we moved, say, service advisors and technicians to performance-based pay scales, right? And maybe one of those family members are a service advisor or a technician or something along those lines, but we've moved them to this pay scale or, or better let them understand that by producing more at the shop and the shop growing and the shop benefiting more, guess what? It's, it's good for all parties involved. How do we have more vacation time? I'm sure employees and family members all want that, right? How do we go on tech training trips? How do we do all these different things? Well, we're able to do those different things by obviously having more sales, better profit margins, different things like that. I think that's how you get the buy-in from your team, your family members or whatever those. Can you talk to me about or talk to the listeners about having the right people? So right people for me, I mean, in my business, and I would say in some of my shots businesses as well, is people who buy in, like really care about the team. I want to be a team. We were just talking about this a second ago, the, the flush thing and when do we recommend things, right? So we're on this same page. I think a lot of times a big problem in a shop is, is this big communication breakdown where Johnny over here says, we don't sell it like that. And Jack over here says, yeah, we do. What's your problem? So again, if Johnny, Jack and, you know, Mike, the manager and all these people get together and we have this agreeance on different things and we build that good culture and a good team buy-in, those are the kind of guys we're looking for. Guys that are actually willing to be a part of that team. The people that are stubborn, I'm going to do it my way. I don't want no one else. I'm not going to buy into this crap. This is worthless. This isn't good for anybody. Not a team player. Those are the kind of people that are a cancer in a business that uh, most of the time I find with new clients, everyone's got one and they're, that's what's holding them back a lot of times. Well, and two, to go back to what we were talking about family members a minute ago, sometimes it's family members and, and you got to get rid of the family members just like you got got to get rid of the, just the regular employees. I, I grew up in rural Oklahoma and there was a family that had a lot of little money and other stuff. They had a family member that was just insane and they actually paid him to stay away. I'm not telling you to take your auto repair shop funds, but you know, sometimes you got to make those people go away, family, non-family, whatever. If they're not right for the business, they're not right for the business and culture is culture, right? 100%. One person can kill that culture too. You got that guy every day walking up to all your guys and saying this negative stuff and putting it in their ear constant and just never lets it alone. I mean, you're never going to get anywhere with that guy. You're never going to get anywhere with your team when you got someone just burning that hole every day in there. Hey, man, this is stupid. We don't do this stuff here. Yeah, well, 
you do. And uh, you need to get rid of that guy. You need to get rid of the cancer. Yeah. And and what I like to say is, well, if you don't, your replacement will. That's pretty <laughs> much that's pretty much the best way to go, right? The funniest part about it is the effect of having the cancer gone, it's literally immediate among the staff. It's insane. People go, I can breathe now. You'd be so surprised at how much many of the people that work for you just come alive. And they're like, man, it took you that long to get rid of this guy? I mean, come on. Like, this has been a thing that's been needed for years. This is what's been holding us back. It's pretty funny. And it's immediate, the, the, the staff and how they come around when once that cancer is gone. Yeah. Early on in my shop owner career, I probably lost more employees because of bad employees than I did for anything else that we did on our call or anything like that. One of my younger technicians, who was the best technician in the shop, quiet, came to work, did everything he was asked. He's like, Chris, I'm going to quit. I'm like, man, why? Why are you quitting? And he goes, I just can't take so-and-so next to me. He cleans up his bay and he sweeps all of the stuff into my bay because he's older than me and he thinks I should be cleaning it up for him. And he goes, I I just, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm like, well, hang on, because I'm not going to lose you. But it was a lot for me because the guy that I had next to him was the older guy with like 35, 40 years experience that I thought on on some level was carrying the shop. But it was really Kevin that was carrying the shop. Excuse me, I called his name out. It's really Kevin that was carrying the shop. And if I'd have lost him, I'd have been in a world of hurt. So anyway, I ended up letting the other guy go. Everything was great in the shop. And later on, like a couple months later, I had another technician that used to work for me. I ran into him in town. And I was like, hey, how are things going at your new job and everything? And he says, everything's great. And he goes, I heard you got rid of my... Shoot, calls you him out too. <laughs> I, heard, I heard you got I heard you got rid of Mike. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, that, he's the reason why I quit. He goes, I didn't want to tell you that because I thought you thought he walked on water and I quit because of the way he treated me. And man, that really hit home with me. And so I tell a lot of customers when we're talking to them up front, I want you to think back and pretend like you're buying this business from scratch today and you're making everybody reapply. If you made everybody reapply, who would you not rehire? And usually that's a good place to start. And then my follow-up is, is then why the hell is that person still there? Like, no matter what. Anyway. I like that. Um, I don't have to use it, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> you have to use it, right? So, that's I mean, good. Uh, and that's part of just the visual visualization process in the beginning is like, okay, you know, out of all the out of all the knuckleheads you got, who would you not rehire? And then you're just like, okay, they got to go. So the other thing we're talking about, and, and this is huge because... One of your other clients, we were talking about it before we rolled. He was a great guy, very busy. We got him this much better. And because he doesn't want to hold people accountable, he's kind of like, okay, I'm dipping on the program. But one of your bullet points for this one, for this shop was who is going to be the heel? And I love that word, wrestling term from the old days or even new days, I guess. But who's going to be the heel or the person that's going to hold everyone accountable. Because really, when we go in and start working with people, somebody's got to be the adult supervision and somebody's got to push that forward. Yeah, 100%. We can implement and we can give you strategies and all this different stuff. But at the end of the day, we know that this is a process that works and it's worked for my shop, it's worked for your shops, it's worked for tons of people, right? Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of shops. Exactly. So if we know the strategy works and it works very well, Who's going to be the one monitoring that? It's one thing to say, Hey, we're going to try that this week and we're going to, we're going to implement it. Well, there's first off, you'll never implement anything in a week. 
perfectly. Okay. It's just not going to happen. So then you need someone that's going to follow up and really look over this and go, Oh, okay. Well, a second, we did that on 30% of the tickets last week. That that's not the answer. We need this on a hundred percent of the tickets. And then who's going to address that situation or that employer or whatever it is and say, Hey, listen, guys, yeah, we're making progress, but Hey, we need to make the next move in the right, in the right direction. But if we're, if we don't have a person who's willing to be that person and it takes a little bit and it's really going to, especially the first little while when we're trying to get new strategies and new things done, someone's got to be the person that's going to hold these people accountable. And your team's looking for that too. It's one thing if you say, oh yeah, we're going to change all this stuff. Your team's going to roll their eyes and be like, yeah, whatever. You've, you've said this kind of stuff before and you did it for three days and then you were gone or you didn't even care about it, right? If you want real change in your shop, you, you really need to knuckle down and say, hey, I'm the guy you have a problem with this, you have a question with this, please come to me and I'm going to be there every step of the way with you. And on top of that, I'm also going to be the one that holds you accountable for these things when they're not done correctly. And be that heel, that accountability guy from that point on. And again, so many of these places too, never have meetings. Like what's a meeting? Why would I have a meeting with my staff? I talk to them. No, an actual meeting. Hey man, great job last week. You did this many hours. I looked at your DVIs and how many you did, how many pictures you took and all this kind of stuff. Excellent work. Hey man, but I did see that you didn't write up one single tire on any of your ticket. I would really like to pick that up. What's holding you back there, right? We fixed that issue with that one guy. Now he's doing a superb inspection and he's doing all the things that's needed. We can move to the next guy and the next problem, right? But if no one's doing that in the business and everyone's just like, oh, we're going to just try this and then we just, we're not going to follow up on it. It's not going to work. Right. And and from a coaching standpoint, so we're out here, I've got people that I've worked with for six, seven years that I've never met in person. So we have to have somebody on site that we're holding them accountable and then they have to hold their accountability. So accountability rolls downhill, but if we're trying to hold the person, our contact that we're talking to accountable and they're not holding anybody else, they're just letting everybody down. That's a huge part of the process. And we are here to hold you accountable but then you have to take what we tell you and turn around and hold all your people and the, the pieces on the chessboard accountable. One of the things that I love what you said was, was the follow up. You, you can't implement campaign at once. You need to stay to two, maybe three max. And the minute you forget about it, everybody thinks that it's not important. So just like you said, like if, if, if I'm big on pictures for the DVI, and I do it for two or three weeks and then I get distracted by something else, either outside of what we're doing or I decide I want to change four more things and then forget about it. The minute you forget about it and don't follow up and really beat them over the nose, they're like, oh, it's not important or else they would be holding me accountable for it. So you really, really have to dig in until what you want is changed and then move from there, move forward. So I think that's great. Yeah, my shop, we've been doing DVIs for, I don't know, six, eight years now. Yeah. Something like that easily. Always did inspections before that. It wasn't overnight for my guys. Lord, I have guys now that I'm still correcting. Like, hey, man, I went through your tickets last week. This, this, this is good. But guess what? Ian wrote up a tire in two weeks, man. What in the world's going on? Right. Oh, man, my bad. I didn't even think about it. Or my tire depth gauge broke. That's a dollar, man. I can buy you yeah. the real one. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. let's, let's get this fixed. Let's get this back on track. It's a constant thing. I mean, good Lord, and I've had my staff forever, but it's still something I always have to do and something that we always have to, again, 
That's what our job is as owners, managers is we, we have a, a lane. We want everybody to stay in this lane, but sometimes they pop out and we just got to pop them back in. Right. But the, the worst part is obviously the beginning part with a lot of the changes, getting that structure and that foundation and then letting your team. But what happens, the best part about all the coaching and all this kind of stuff is when you do start implementing these things and we do start holding people accountable and you see your 60 ROs a week go from a $250 average repair order to 475 and you're like, whoa, I, we just did that and we did it with less tickets or, or the same amount of tickets. Right. And your guys are happier. They're bringing home bigger checks and everybody's like, okay, this kind of worked. I get this a little bit. Right. So yeah, once they get, you get the foundation, you can keep people in check and then you really start to see the system roll. It's, it's really awesome. And all that's great. The, the owner's job, once we pull them out of working under the card, being service advisor, whatever is to be a coach to their teammate, team members and, and teach them the processes that they want to mold and everything. So what's new or what's in the future for this shop that maybe we can follow up on? Like what, what is something that you really haven't pushed into yet that you are getting ready to work with them on or thinking about? So next step is we got a new software system. It's beautiful. We can read all the stuff now and check analytics on our labor margins and parts margins. So we just got that implemented and we're really rolling on the DVIs. I really want to make sure that we're sending those through text messages and really getting our clients just fully involved and see everything, right? But the next step for me, now that we have the new POS system installed, is moving towards marketing, working on our marketing game, whether it be social CRM, as in how are we getting Google reviews? How are we getting Facebook reviews? And how are our clients responding to us and and building us up. Again, when you look at a shop and they got 28 Google reviews and they've been there for 20 years, it's like, dude, come on, man. You know what I mean? Right. You, you don't have nobody at your doors because you're not marketing the modern way. Google, how do you look up anything? I know when I look for a restaurant or I look for an event or something I want to go to, I'm looking up, hey, man, what are the reviews at this place? Oh, they got 10 reviews and they've been here 20 years and four of them suck. Right. Probably not going to go to that place. In this case, they've been there for 50 years, but you can't rest on that at all, especially where they're at in the country. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, people moving in, and you have to keep that hook out there or that net so that you can bring the fish in and do a great job. But again, from where we started, first thing you got to do is we got to get, we got to fix the average repair order. We got to fix a couple of the processes because I don't want a bunch of cars to come in at $200 average repair order. I want to double that to like four, four fifty, five hundred where it needs to be and then start bringing the other people. Absolutely. When we got good numbers coming in our shop and good ticket count, I mean, we need to make the most of what we got. I mean, that clearly getting more cars in isn't the really the problem here. It's what we're doing with them. And when we got the $200 average repair order, we're not doing anything with them. And so you've done a great job with this shop. I'm a little jealous because I talked to this, I talked to this shop owner for like eight months before we, before we got him on board and you've done great things with him. So I know you're going to continue doing that. Any, any final thoughts on coaching accountability? Yeah. I mean, my coaching style is a very, I mean, you probably heard in, in this podcast, I'm a team oriented guy. I'm going to be there for you. Um, I'm easy to access. And on top of that, it's got to be a team. I'm, I'm telling you these things and teaching you these things. Okay. Now let's. Let's implement these things or give me feedback. Hey, I really like this. How could I do this better? We, we got to work together. The coaching thing is a team game as well. You can't coach somebody without a team. I need as much feedback and response from you as I can get so we can make things that happen and 
in progress together. And and I think that's a great final thought. Thanks for taking time. I know you didn't even have time to get home. You're in the shop there. We can see 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 kind of where you're where you're at every day right there. And uh, again, thanks for being part of this. I tell all the coaches, you guys are doing a great job. But I just want to tell you again one more time, you're you're doing a great job, and I know the client appreciates, and I really appreciate. Thank so, you. Guys. Again, thanks thanks for being a part. For sure. In the world of auto repair, success is not handed to you. You've got to seize it. It's all about strategic decisions, effective management, and a thirst for knowledge. Our show, The Weekly Blitz, is your trusted resource every step of the way. A big shout out to our listeners. Your dedication to growth fuels our passion. And let's not forget about our fantastic sponsor, Shop Marketing Pros, who make this show possible. They're all about top-tier marketing for shops just like yours. Join us next week for more actionable insights, expert advice, and real-world tales from the auto repair industry. Remember to subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you've got burning questions or topics you want us to cover, reach out to Chris at autofixsos.com. Your input shapes the show. Until next time, I'm Coach Chris Cotton and Coach Mike signing off. Keep those gears running smoothly. Keep learning. Keep growing. In this business, every day is a chance to get better. It's time to rise and grind, everybody. Here's to your ongoing success. Stay driven, everyone. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.